bucket list concept founded largely on positive psychology, helping people be happier, is gives people the tools to go out there and live life on purpose. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast, all the way from Melbourne, in the middle of, I think you said third stage lockdown. I'm not quite sure what the stages are, but it sounds pretty intense and like people might be losing their minds now. Um, We've got Travis Bell. Now he is known as the number one bucket list guy. So I'm excited about this conversation and all that I can learn. Welcome to the show, Travis. Petra, very, very happy to be here with you. Uh, Hi, viewers. Hi, listeners. Stoked to be here. Super good to have you. Um, So tell us just a little bit about you. What is, who is the bucket list guy? What excites you every day? Oh, great questions. Um, uh, What excites me every day is helping people live a life of no regret, you know, uh, a regret-free life rather than a regretful life. Live a life of more meaning, more purpose, and more fulfillment at the end of the day to live their bucket list, obviously, before they get given a use-by date, very unlike the film that um, is pretty crappy when I look, when I look at it because <laughs> it was about two guys who get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list. And we all know that that's pretty stupid to wait until they get that use-by date. So, but human beings are human beings and we, we shouldn't wait until, you know, until something traumatic or dramatic happens to us or a loved one to start living our life and reprioritize the things that are really important, the things that really light us up and, and give us more happiness in life. That's what it's all about, right? Absolutely. And that's why I was excited to get you on the show because I, I find with the people that I interview and as a coach and a therapist myself, that often people do, humans are humans. They do need yeah. the catalyst point to kind of shake them out of habit mode and conditioning mode and what everyone tells them that they should do to get them thinking, oh God, there's a whole world out there to get brave. I mean, what do you see? Yeah, look, uh, we, unfortunately it is, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about my history in a second, but it, there's always breakdown before breakthrough. There's always confusion before clarity. There's always a storm before the rainbow, you know. It's just how, unfortunately, it is pain that, that moves us in the direction that we, that we, that we need to go in before, yep. um, before we go to the pleasure state, um, you know. And, and look at this COVID-19 situation, the corona cyclone that we all find ourselves in right now around the world, and we're all taking this big collective deep breath in. And we're recalibrating about what makes us happy and all that. But at the start, it was just fear. Um, it, was, it was fear, wasn't it? it was, yeah. And then it was acceptance. And now it's opportunity and growth and looking at, at, at the silver lining. But we go back a month. We're a little bit later than you guys, maybe a month and a half for you guys. And it was a completely different situation. We'd be having a different discussion then. 
but it's that it's 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 that shock of what we've all gone through that's it's helped us uh, find our compass again and and see where our true north lies. A lot of people are really recalibrating right now, which is I think awesome. They're adapting, they're innovating, they're radically collaborating like never before. I just hope some of this stuff sticks. You know, we That's don't go always back the to trouble, don't isn't go it? Back to normal again. Yeah, that? that's always the trouble is that people, you get the shake and maybe you reflect and recalibrate. But for many people, as soon as their comfort zone is back and they can mm. sit back and not do maybe the daily work of facing their fear or continuing to reflect, then it just becomes mm. the new normal of, you know, maybe we have to do a bit more online stuff, but let's just be grateful that we're super safe now. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, Look, hopefully, and, and hopefully people uh, watch this and listen to this and reflect on their default because yeah. the default, you know, if your default was serving you and you are finding a lot of meaning, purpose and fulfilment in your default, then sweet. You know, you are on the path to happiness and, and no one can argue that. But if this has caused you to really reflect and uh, help you to ascertain, all right, am I on that path? Am I truly living you know, my best life? Uh, then maybe there's some changes. Maybe we stop living by default and live by our own design from here on and enter, en enter the bucket list. And yeah, because the there really is, is something, just a second there, there really is something about the health scare aspect of what's going on. So that people are sort of recognizing, perhaps with loved ones passing away or at least getting sick or, or even the fear just on the news, right? Just literally yeah. not just um, maybe a catalyst of, of depression or, or what one of the, those things that you could then build your life off of, but thinking, what if my life was, what if I did have a year left, like in that movie, right? Um, mm -hmm. so, what, so what is the, the essence of a bucket list? What is it? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you a backstory about how I arrived to be the bucket list guy because someone Please actually do. called me the bucket list guy after a really crappy seminar that I put on my first ever crappy, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. I figure if Tony Robbins can do it, I could. But sure. I was <laughs> the um, I uh, my my background is I I've been a, a you know an athlete most of my life. I that led me to do a phys ed degree. Um, I got into personal training in the mid '90s. Personal fitness training, that is. I started with one client, grew that to a chain of personal fitness, personal fitness training studios around Australia. Um, had up to 300 personal trainers working for me. Did you know, you know about two million personal training sessions. Not me alone, but me and the team. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Tens of thousands of clients and their families were affected, motivated by our trainers, which is really cool. But I, I became someone that I didn't like. I love the end product of personal training, but I became a bit too much of a lawyer, a bit too much of an accountant. And I fell kind of my, my passion for that, you know, that particular business model. And there was some cancerous kind of people in my life at that point in time, which caused me to go, you know, into a downward spiral. And, uh, you know, I went through my own uh, bout of depression uh, and, and as a result, I, you know, when I, when I look at my depression compared to other people's that I've since heard about, mine was very, you know, <laughs> it was very moderate compared to other people's, but your own perception is your own reality, right? Of course. And, um, so 
I, it was a combo meal of actually, um, of a friend of mine, actually, enough, a friend of mine gave me this book by Tel Ben Shahar. You may or may not know who that I'm is. I'm not sure he's, this one, yeah. He's a positive psychologist who, wor- who uh, worked under Martin Seligman, who's yeah. the, you know, the, they the say positive the positive psychology guy. Yeah. Psych. And so in that, Tel Ben Shahar, who's excellent as well, um, is this process in here, three intersecting circles and a Venn diagram. Uh, it was an exercise, you know, MPS, the MPS process. What gives you meaning, what gives you pleasure and what are your strengths? In the middle is your calling. So I did that exercise and I got motivational speaker. I'm like, shit, is that my, is that really my calling? Great. Yeah. Um, so, 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 but it was good because a friend of mine, a friend of mine gave me this book, basically what she was saying at that point in time, look, you miserable prick. Um, stop dumping on everyone when you, when we catch up and, uh, and get a little bit, well, happy. Take some personal responsibility is what I'm hearing. Totally. Yeah. And, and, I was in, see, I found myself spending a bunch of money in personal development seminars, NLP courses, life coaching courses, positive psychology courses. Every weekend that I had available for, I reckon, about two years, I was in courses, walking on fire, hugging it out and high-fiving with strangers, breaking arrows, bending bars, breaking boards, you know, crying on each other's shoulder, all that sort of thing. And a friend of mine actually said, why don't, you know, help me really compartmentalize it, which is, you know, you know that from psychology, when you compartmentalize something, you can, you can you kind of remove yourself, objectify it a little bit more. You can observe so, from a distance, yeah, and have a yeah, different yeah, perspective. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And he said, why don't you teach this shit, Trav? And that was literally his words. And that actually helped me compartmentalize, it helped me come to terms with how much money I'd spent and how many breakthrough moments I was experiencing every weekend, but it really helped me then go, yeah, well, maybe there's something in that. The third thing that helped me lean into this was I actually partnered partnered, uh, with this lady by the name of Deb. Now, I'd given her my story, which, you know, really in essence wasn't that bad when I reflect back on it. And I did my thing first and, you know, a few little crocodile tears. And then Deb did her bit and Deb said, look, that's all well and good, Trav. Um, but I, I've just I've just been, you know, I've just had a hysterectomy and I'm now cured of, you know, clear of cancer. And she's a mid-40s woman and, and I really wanted to have kids. And I'm really kind of lonely. And I went, ah. Oh. like in all seriousness you know like the book deb my mate telling me you should do it was just a perfect storm of of me going mate what what gives you the right to play small you know work out your values you had to be sort of so you had to be fed up enough in order to be able to listen to that perfect storm of messages right yeah Got to be. I mean, personal development, and these are all kind of personal development messages. You know, when I go out there and coach or speak as well, you know, I'm not going to say, and I certainly hope that anyone wouldn't say that anyone's a particular guru, but someone, whether it be you, whether it be me, or one of these so-called gurus out there, this is right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Right I'm ready place, to listen. Right time. Yeah. And it's probably a snowball effect of what's come in the months prior. Yeah. or the years prior. So um, right place, right time. 
that happened for me and it helped me really get massively grateful. I had excellent health, um, you know, no problem in relationships and that sort of thing. And it became, I, I became massively grateful. I worked out my values and then I literally went, went out and put on my first seminar. And I was shitting myself, absolutely shitting myself. First public seminar, I nearly had to pay people to be there. Um, and I, I packaged in all the, the three-hour seminar. And I just, I was so nervous. I've still got the footage of it. It was shocking. And compared to what I do now, sure. I'm a globally recognised, well, I'm a CSP now, a certified speaking professional. I certainly was not back then. Sure. And so... I put on this talk and I shared about halfway through, it was going all right, getting a few laughs, a few aha moments and this sort of thing. And then about halfway through, I started sharing my list to do before I died. I always had one written down since I was 18. And a lot of people didn't know that about me. And I had friends in, in the audience, they didn't know this. And I said, well, you know, who else has got one of these lists to do before you die? You know, actually written down, out of your head and actually written down. And 40 people were like, nah, donuts. So I'm like, well, what, why, why do you get out of bed in the morning? You yeah. know, why do you earn money? What, what, like, why are you here? What, what makes you happy? What gives you fulfillment, meaning, purpose, all that sort of thing? Yeah. And it was like, um, uh, um, uh, you know, the most common, res, uh, you know, responses I get when I ask people about their goals, it's pay off the house, put the kids through school and do a bit of trouble when I'm older. Yeah, I'm probably fucking sick at too. And then die. And then die. Good yes. life. Yeah, so yeah. I, I quite, you know, I, I, I was just taken aback by that. And, and I started asking people, all right, what are your top three, five things that you want to do before you die and blah, blah, blah. And for the rest of the seminar and at the end of the seminar, Joe said to me, Hey, Trevor, how's all this list to do before you die stuff? It's got really, you know, people really fired up. It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. And I went, ah, light bulb moment. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. And I registered the domain name and it's, it's stuck ever since. I've stayed in that lane as a serial entrepreneur. That's very, very hard to do yeah. as you get appreciate. And I put the blinkers on and just became, and by the way, too, I, I was on the Google machine. I'm like, who's like the expert? Who's like the Mac daddy? Who's like the king of bucket list in the world? Oh, look, no one. So I called myself the world's number one bucket list expert. No shit. And, uh, and so you I get, yeah, you're now the expert. You know, I get caught up yeah. in media and this sort of thing, and and people, you know, in magazines and and whatnot, even for different shows, and um, and they were like, "Here we want who gives you the world's number one bucket list expert." I'm like, "Yep, you got me." Yep. So I get the happiness thing around purpose and meaning, and you know, creating moments or experiences in your life that add value on top of that baseline of conditioning which is put the kids through school, pay the mortgage, those sorts of things. And it's like adding this additional component that actually yeah. takes a bit of planning, focus, writing down, perhaps coaching in order to get you to that mm -hmm. point, right? It's funny how we put so much time and planning even into our businesses and into our work and perhaps our we kids, and, right? And, and we don't yeah. put the same intention or the same planning brain yeah. onto like yeah. our personal experiences. So if somebody is like, all right, maybe they've seen the bucket list movie and they get that you want to do some stuff, but they're like, oh, I'll do it when this phase yeah. happens or I'll do it when this phase happens. Yeah. Like, how do you shake that up or get somebody started in thinking about this if it's not, if it's a foreign concept to them? 
Yeah, totally. Um, well, first of all, I did a TED talk in front of 2,000 people in uh, at the, the biggest one in Australia, uh, TEDx Melbourne. And you can go online and put in Life's Too Short by Trav Bell. I've got a mohawk in that. Um, and that was my fuck you 40 haircut. Uh, that was, <laughs> and, and in that, I, I introduce and unpack a piece of well, intellectual property and idea worth spreading. Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> about, um, it called the My Bucket List Blueprint. It's a 12-letter acronym for how to write a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list. And it really helps a person go north, out, north, south, east, west in their own brain and help them to extract and articulate this personally meaningful list. You know, travel, which is what a lot of people think of a bucket list is, is, is one of the 12 categories that we introduce and this gives people such a broad range of things to go after. Um, and it's, it's everything from obviously travel. It's the adventures that you want to do. It's the kind acts for others that you want to do, the legacy that you want to leave. There's material part to it in terms of buy something special. There's people that you want to meet. Um, there's the, the kinds of things that you can self-express uh, before you, you know, the skills that you want to learn and things like this. So I suggest that people kind of have a look at that and, and then get to writing. You know, take time out of your life to work on this bucket list and on your life. Um, these are a, 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 pers a personal series of, of, of personal end steps that, um, that you can really, you know, I think have simmer to the surface when you go through it. And it's not about comparing mine against yours or yours against ours. It, it, it's really personal. And it's a lesson really in self-leadership as well. Because, because really this is the stuff that lights people up. It, and this is the stuff that brings meaning, brings purpose. And I think um, we're, we're all going, you know, I, I, I call them sheeple, that we're living by default, not by design. There's... You know, I had to say in the UK, about 70% of people, 75% of people are actually what they call disengaged at work. And that means that there's 75% of people who go to work every single day who are just, who are just there. You know, just getting just a paycheck, showing up. To get the paycheck and go home and, you know, and rinse and repeat. Now, I don't know Which about you. Which is actually but terrifying. It's terrifying yeah. that to it's me. It's the matrix, isn't it? It's the matrix. I mean, we've yeah. got a whole system built around this thing. Yeah. But, but, you know, Patrick, you know as well as I do, that's all well and good. But it's not. That's good for some people, but it's not. Look at the rise and the rise of depression. Look at the rise and rise of anxiety. Look at the rise and rise of mental health issues in, in and out of work. Um, look at the rise and rise of suicides. Look at the rise of this thing, this new thing called the loneliness epidemic. It's actually a thing. We know yeah. what a freaking pandemic is. There's yeah. no question about that. But the loneliness epidemic. So social media has had an adverse effect. Little did I know. I was meant to give a talk last week, a live talk to 600 people at this university. Unfortunately, I couldn't do it. So I, I got, and I was meant to give a talk on how bucket lists relate to the loneliness epidemic. I didn't even know there was this thing called the loneliness epidemic. But it's huge. These issues, mental health issues, were e were a big problem before COVID nineteen, and we spoke off air and and just imagine 
what's going to happen now. Yeah. So the bucket list concept founded largely on positive psychology, helping people be happier is gives people the tools to go out, go out there and live life on purpose. It's not, but it's not just about helping person write a list and then going and doing it. It's, it's really how a person reverse engineers every aspect of their life in order to make that stuff come to fruition. It's the growth of them on that journey towards that destination. More importantly, it's about the person that exists on the other side, the person that we don't know yet, right? And that's called potential. And when we see our, and we experience and feel our own potential, it puts a smile on our face, doesn't it? Absolutely. So I've got a couple of questions that I just want to, um, so Rebecca, what, do you have an opinion on why some of us seem to have entrepreneurs, you know, particular people, this drive to meet their potential and other people don't like, it's, it's like a, a bit of a side point and not necessarily in your, your area, but I'm just curious. Oh, look, that could be, uh, um, that could be DNA. It could be environment. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, or, or, I mean, entrepreneurs are problem solvers. Mm. There's a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that should not ever be entrepreneurs. That's true. That's yeah? true. Entrepreneurs is like this cool thing that everyone's kind of, you know, doing, you know, being an online entrepreneur. Some people should just have a job and shut up and, and don't try and reinvent the world, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's a tribute. You know, we can see that in the stats of how many small businesses and startups fail. Yeah. Um, the hardest, the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is have that, I mean, you've got to have to, to get through the years of growing the business and, and systemizing and hiring and firing. And, you know, it really takes a lot of us, a, a lot of you to do that, um, over an extended period of time, you've got to take five punches and get up on the sixth. You really do. It's yeah. not for everyone. No. And that's certain, okay. It's a resilience test. But I love what you're saying. And we will put the test. Sorry? Don't know. Yeah, Don't no, know. exactly. I just always find it funny because I, I would describe myself as having a certain restlessness that maybe people, other people don't have. And within that extreme restlessness comes an action or willingness to change it, whether that's learning something or testing something or failing at something. I get, and it's not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes I wish that I would just, I, I would be content with a nine to five and the simple things in life, which mm. I am learning you know, to appreciate during yeah. COVID-19. I'm like, oh, the flower is blooming, the sun is oh, shining. Yeah. Why don't I choose this entrepreneurial path where all my shit's getting shut down and I'm learning a lot of travel and inspire people around the world. That's, that's my why. That's my, and I'm looking at the, uh, the guy collecting the bins the other morning. I'm going, oh, he's that got guy's purpose. A, oh, he's really an essential service and I'm nowhere, you know. <laughs> no one essentially needs me. And and it makes you reflect, doesn't it? I think it's I think it's a big a, you know, obsessive why as well. Yes. What is I, I honestly, I honestly in my heart of hearts want to change the conversation around depression and especially teenage depression. Like and I the older I get, the more angry I get about it the more pissed off I get with the current state of play. Being a public speaker, I really have, have developed the I don't give a shit muscle. Um, and, and, you know, it just happens when you stand on stages over and over and over again and you really don't give a fuck after a while. So have an opinion, 
um, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll and I'll and and yeah, that's you know doing my bit and and um, that you know having that deep that deep why that deep reason for for doing that thing or you know is the the entrepreneurial spark I think that some people come across and they might not come across it until later on in life. They might come across it really early in life. Um, but I compare my, my dad, I'm adopted. My dad is a fitter and turner in the same job since he was 17 until retirement as a fitter and turner by trade and a mechanic, always watches the news, always bitches about the government, always, you know, very scarcity kind of mindset. And, me, his adopted son, I am completely opposite. Him and I didn't get along. We didn't speak the same language growing up. He still doesn't really understand what the hell I do until I took him to base camp on Mount Everest and Machu Picchu and Mount Kilimanjaro and we did the Kokoda track and we did the Inca Trail. And, um, yeah, so he kind of understands what I do now <laughs> and he likes me being the bucket list guy. Yeah. Um, and that's the real reason why I love to do it is, is to enable others you know, close to me to lead fulfilled lives as well. So to get that spark, me. to get that spark. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about changing the narrative around depression, because as much as there is an epidemic and, you know, and, and there's labels and it can be clinical and it could be serotonin imbalance and all these things. I actually think there's a direct connection between lack of meaning and fulfillment and purpose, those things that you're mentioning, and 100%. depression, right? So you're not, we're not putting our finger on it, but we're deeply dissatisfied and not able to have a voice or shift things effectively. So in a way, depression is another avoidance mechanism of like, let me just shut down part of myself and not feel at all. If I don't feel how shit it is, I also won't feel, you know, have the risk of feeling how great it is either, you know? And so it's that middle yeah. road, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and hundred percent, and and you know, like, um, I've I've just done too much psychology work and too much personal development work. One on myself, and then um, and then two on, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of other people. Whether they've been an audience over the years, I've been doing this for ten years. Whether they've been an audience or through our, yeah, you know, we've got now bucket list coaches, certified bucket list coaches in nineteen countries. And, and at the end of the day, they're all out there running programs in places, in parts of the world where if you, if you actually translated the word bucket list, it makes no fucking sense at all, you know, <laughs> and, but people get the philosophy and that's, that's really what it is. But we're waking people up little bit by little bit, you know, from families to kids to teenage to Fortune 500 companies and everyone in between. And so I've got too much evidence that this stuff works. And, and this is the filter, this is the lens that we run all of our, our super personal development and psychology through this bucket list, you know, brand. Um, and we've done that on purpose to make it more tangible, to make it more accepted, um, to not call it life coaching, but it's kind of like a life coaching framework and to help people ultimately tool up so they can handle their own mental health problems and not outsource to a drug or outsource to, a, you know, going deep therapy, give okay. them some tools, self-manage. That's Take what, that's radical what thing responsibility. Yeah. Have, have people live their life on purpose and design their life on purpose. 
I love this. And what a great opportunity during this time, as you say, if people have balanced out of the fear zone and are being a bit more reflective to look at the, these prompts and this way of thinking about it, because somebody mm -hmm. might go, oh, I wrote down the five things that I want to do, but I didn't, as you say, reverse engineer it to think about, all right, well, how do I do that? What do I let go of? How do I create space? Um, I'm turning 40 this year. So what a great uh, opportunity. Uh, to, to dive in, watch your TED talk. And because I've been, as an entrepreneur, we can get very like work focused. I'd say it's like that 80 20 is like, yeah, no, right? But, but the tricky thing is, is I do love, I love my work. I find it exciting. I find it meaningful. I find it fulfilling. And yeah. as my boyfriend of nine months likes to remind me, there is more to life than work. I'm like, sorry, what are you talking about? He's like, what about the experiences that we want to create? And his 40th is next week. So I think there's this great opportunity this year for us to okay, both so like. What you're gonna do? Here's some homework for you. Here's some homework for you. Watch the TED talk. Yeah. Um, if you go to my website, just or just email me, you know, and I'll share share sure. some stuff with you. Um, yeah, do your own bucket list. That's really important. Okay, separate, and do individual. And do a couples bucket list. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, okay. Yeah, we do couples bucket list. We do a couples. Uh, We've got a concept called the reverse bucket list as well. We've got a family bucket list and we've got all these different, our, our coaches and myself do all these different programs to help people really unpack this. And it, and it, see, I, I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan, not be the other way around. Yeah. So we really bring home and I've always brought home the work, to live principle, you know, what we do for work or our vocation should do two things and two things only. And that is to spit out the cash flow and also spit out the time flow for us to do the shit that we want to do, right? Double bonus. I think the holy grail is where you actually are of, are of service to a whole bunch of people and you're actually finding mean, meaning in what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, which a lot of people can't say. And I think if that if what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis hits your internal rule book, your values, yeah. and you're congruent to those values, I think that's, that is the holy grail right there, which a lot of people can't protest to having. Yeah, you which I, I mean? would say I do have, and I'm excited that over the last years I've done the personal development and generated the, the work at, it, that has the value base and is completely connected yeah. to my meaning. And I know that there's a slight gap that I haven't put as much attention on, oh, now that I've got systems and people supporting me and have a, yeah. I'm a little bit more time rich, like what is the, the, what is the point? Like well, how do I fill that time without maybe the judgment of going, oh, am I wasting time? Like should I, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurial, like if I'm not working, I'm dying sort of thing. Um, yeah, and just that, creating that, space uh, for adventure. Believe me. Believe me, um, how long have you owned your, business, owned your business for? So the business in this iteration has been going two years and I guess it's been growing pretty quickly over that time. Yeah, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, having, having a relationship is equally important. Um, it takes investment so, too. It takes, it takes totally, focus yeah, and attention. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and, and that comes down to how we run, how, how we, run, uh, how we create rules for ourselves um, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, so that we can be present, all right, be present to our health, the people around us, our relationship, our kids, and our work. I do a lot of this productivity hacking, you know, to help people 
normally founders, C-level executives and that sort of thing about how to help them not be a psycho at work, you know, Basically. how to help them have a life and really leverage their strengths, um, outsource their weaknesses, go to the things in their work or in their businesses where they find flow in. Um, to train the distraction muscle, to not multitask and do all these things and create an ideal day as opposed to what they may be living right now. So we can be more present uh, to our families, to you know, have, have better health, et cetera, et cetera, not yeah. just you know, hustle hard and drive ourselves into the ground. And, yeah, you know, and burn out. Good, good ideas in burnt out entrepreneurs. Yeah. And then we lose the reason that we did some of this in the first place, which was to be our own boss and to create the life that we want. So I love this. So um, I will be looking at your resources and uh, uh, checking it out with myself and my boyfriend. So we'll have an individualized bucket list as well as a couple's one. I am in. Before I ask my final question, where can people find you? So if they want to access your resources, we'll put the TED Talk in the show notes. But what else can they do to find you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Go to uh, thebucketlistguide.com. That's my main site. Yeah. Or um, we've got uh, bucketlistcoach.com as well for anyone who wants to suss out about being a bucket list coach. We're always looking to lock arms with the right kind of people around that. And, uh, you know, probably what are we uh, on LinkedIn and Facebook? What is it? Trav Bell dash the bucket list guy and Insta's my go-to at the moment. So that's the, uh, that's bucketlistguide.travbell. Sure. There you go. And we'll, we'll get no, all that in I haven't got TikTok. No TikTok. No Snapchat. You're not there. No, yeah. No Tinder. No nothing. <laughs> That'll do for the moment. Manage it. Self-manage, right? Around what we do. Um, cool. We'll put all that into the notes. And finally, what are the current maybe top three things on your bucket list? So not the ones Ooh. that you have achieved, because it sounds like you've done a shitload of stuff, but what are your next ones? What are your next top three, perhaps? Yeah, great, great uh, question. Um, publish my book. Lovely. Number one. Good one. Very, that's, on, that's on my list to too. <laughs> very close to that. Cool. Uh, number two, <sighs> do a stand-up comedy gig. Don't even, don't even talk about it. You are now accountable to a fuckload of people I'm to do so that. So <laughs> That's terrifying, but so good. I okay. I, I don't even know why I'm going to do it. It's just because I've got all these freaking bucket lists. Like I've got my bucket list tribe of coaches around the world now and they've got clients and we've got this huge community and me being the bucket list guy, I've got to set the precedent. I've got to set the example and feel the fear and do it anyway. So, but I've wanted to do it, you know, and, and I challenge everyone that these, these are the things that don't cost a lot of money. They don't cost a lot of time. But on the other side, who knows? I might be the next Kevin Hart. I, I don't know. Probably not. But <laughs> it's about exposing, you know, one of the things I wanted to say before, and you'll see it in the TED Talk, people are dying at 40 and being buried at 80. Yeah, people give up. They stop pushing the envelope. We go through this midlife crisis, and they. And I'd like to think, you know, coming up to forty, we're going to have a midlife awakening, not a break, not not a breakdown, but a midlife awakening, and to start living a lot more by design, a lot more on purpose. The third thing uh, is to cross off when I can travel again. I was due to go down there into to Brazil, Christ the Redeemer. 
I'm nearly at the seven man-made wonders of the world. I've got two to go, Petra in Jordan and Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. So I'm going to cross off those two and then I've done the seven man-made wonders of the world, which is part of my travel bucket list. Um, so there's your three. There's heaps more. There's about another 300, so that'll do it for a minute. I'm sure there is, but it gives us a flavour of things that you're focusing on. Trav, thank you so much for this kind of loads of prompts to help us think about how to reflect during COVID-19 and how to get the back end having had an awakening, not just kind of making this another reason to feel fearful. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.